Welcome to the First Right Podcast, a weekly conservative news show brought to you by Restoration of America. I'm your host, Jerry Ewalt, Chief Marketing Officer for Restoration of America. Today, we are blessed to have a special guest, Brian Birch, President and Co-Founder of Catholic Vote, a strong and forceful advocacy organization that knows how to move the needle. Brian, welcome to the show. Great to be with you today. Awesome. Hey, before we get into uh, all, I have a list of questions for you. Uh, before we get into that, I'd love to know a little bit more about your background and how and why you started Catholic Vote or co-started, co I should say. I've always been interested in politics. Uh, I grew up like a lot of people my age uh, in a family watching Ronald Reagan was uh, taught to love our country, taught to love freedom. Uh, went to school, studied political philosophy at the University of Dallas, and then eventually ended up working with a gentleman named Tom Monahan, who uh, created Domino's Pizza and eventually sold it. And what he wanted to do was to give uh, give his money the, uh, away for the rest of his life so he could get to get as many people to heaven, is what he described. And one of the things he began doing was um, uh, uh, investing in politics and legal advocacy. And he eventually decided ultimately to build a university town in Florida. And so uh, some of his team and myself created Catholic Vote back in 2005 um, to help give Catholics a voice. Uh, too often, as many of you know, uh, so many in the church either ignore the church teaching or they misapply a lot of Catholic teaching. And we thought that Catholic lay people needed someone to represent them. And so we started Catholic Vote and we've been growing and we're now one of the largest, if not the largest Catholic lay advocacy organizations in the country. Yeah, no, you guys have done a tremendous job. So this is this is started in 2005, is that correct? 2005, we legally started, we adopted the name Catholic Vote in 2008. But uh, so our real history uh, goes back, at least as the IRS is concerned, back to 2005. Well, I mean, you guys have had a major impact uh, in the United States. So I wanna thank you and I wanna also congratulate you for all the work that you, your colleagues, and, and many other organizations have done in helping to overturn Roe. So congratulations, because I know this is, a, this is a huge milestone for millions of Americans. And so my question to you then is, how do you think that's going to change the political landscape coming up for the midterms in the fall? Well, thank you, of course. It's difficult to take any credit because I stand on the shoulders of five decades of the pro-life movement that has been working so hard in so many different ways to get us to this day that we're at. I mean, this is really a momentous and historic moment in American history, not just in terms of whether uh, religion or politics. And I, there's no question that this midterm election is going to uh, include the debate about abortion policy uh, particularly with respect to how it will be applied in many of the states. Uh, I think the Democratic Party has chosen to make this a priority for this election, in part because they don't have many other issues to run on, including the economy, including crime, including a lot of the things that are uh, at the top of the list of, of priorities for Americans. And so we're going to see both sides, I think, uh, debate, as they should, now that the Supreme Court has removed the shackles uh, off of this issue and has allowed, um, I think rightly so, Americans to de determine in a civil policy debate, state by state, how to best protect and care for women in need, women who are pregnant, women who find themselves in di difficult cir circumstances. And, and frankly, I think the idea that abortion is the only option and that abortion should be 
the perceived as the only solution for women has been terrible for women. It's been terrible for our country. And uh, people that like myself who disagree with that, I think, are working as best we can in public policy and, of course, in this election to prioritize policies that are going to come stand beside women, help them when they are in these these circumstances, and let's become a country that celebrates life again. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think you, when you think of all the work that went into getting Roe overturned, you know, we can't say that the, the battle is over. It's just, well, we can't say it's just beginning either. We're right in the middle of it. And so the, the work begins almost again at the state level. So there's so much to do there. But um, again, grateful for all the stuff that you've done. And, and rightly so, it's, it's not only your group, it's, uh, it's many groups out there, but it's a, it's a joint effort. And we just, uh, we should take a moment to at least uh, uh, celebrate that and acknowledge that. But there's a lot of work left to do. Absolutely. There's no question we give thanks to God for the moment we have. But as in all things, uh, plenty of work left to do, including over the next few months. That's right. That's right. And, and, and as we talked about the, the race, uh, the midterms coming up, I mean, that's going to be another major milestone uh, if we can pull that off as well. Fantastic. Oh, absolutely. I mean, you're going to have essentially control over the House and Senate uh, uh, on the line. Uh, things are going to be difficult in a lot of these races, and you're going to have uh, some of these issues like abortion policy, but of, of course, economic policy, uh, debate about schools, about children, about parental rights, about violence in our cities. All of these issues are on the ballot this November. So, Brian, in, in a related topic, right, one of the things that I'm extremely impressed with Catholic Vote and what they've done is what I call some of their, their features or initiatives, right? And so I, I, I'd like to start with, because um, there's a bunch of them, I'd like to start with the Catholic Accountability Project that kind of feeds into this Heroes and Zeros report, uh, the scorecard you've got um, on, your, on your website. Start us at the beginning. Where, how did this start off, this accountability project, and how did it lead into some other features, uh, initiatives that you guys have rolled out? Well, thanks for asking about that. It is one of the more popular programs that we have, the Catholic Accountability Project. And um, unfortunately, it was necessary because, as you know, and as many people know, we have a few Catholics in leadership roles in Congress, in the White House, that claim to be Catholic. Some of them claim to be devout Catholic, which is a little awkward because people that are devout Catholic usually don't describe themselves that way. Uh, but we felt there is a need for Catholics to hold public officials who claim to be Catholic accountable to, to church teaching and to what we believe. Um, over a third of, of the House of Representatives um, are Catholic, uh, and so many of them, um, unfortunately, uh, uh, do not uh, uphold these core teachings of our faith. You know, it, it's awkward because you have um, Catholics this, uh, that, that are out there, they go out on the campaign trail, they describe themselves as devout Catholics, and yet they get to Washington, D.C., and they seem to forget everything. Would any other institution allow this, this kind of uh, participation in their club, membership, church, faith, et cetera, uh, to essentially uh, publicly celebrate themselves as a member of, of the organization and then turn around and backstab that organization time and time again? And frankly, Catholics in the pews have, have gotten uh, fed up. They're sick of being lied to. They're sick of the duplicity and the hypocrisy. And they said, someone's got to do something about this. And so we came up with this Catholic Accountability Project to do several things. Number one, name names. 
what we hear so often from Catholics is, I had no idea that they voted for this or voted for that. I thought they were a good Catholic, or I thought they cared about the issues that I care about. So part of it is just educating Catholics in the pews that this person actually is selling out our faith when they get to Washington, D.C. The second thing is to do something that the institutional church doesn't do and probably shouldn't do, but that lay Catholics have to do, and that is get into the messy world of politics and get on the ground and uh, uh, hold them accountable with advertising, with our Catholic Vote Action Network, door-to-door, news, uh, mailings, calls, text messages, all the tools we have as Americans to influence each other, and we do that. We have no problem getting political. Sometimes people don't like that, or sometimes people think that's divisive and that people in in the Catholic Church or religious people shouldn't do politics. Um, we wholeheartedly reject that idea. We are uh, very proud to be Catholic and proud to be American, and we need to be out there helping uh, inform our fellow citizens, Catholic or otherwise, about what our elected officials say and do. Yeah, no, I couldn't agree with you more. We we need to reverse that thinking of you know keeping uh, religion outside of of politics, and and there there is a place to do that. Don't get me wrong, but. This is having a major impact on how we worship God and, and along the lines of what God's laws are, right? And I, I like to always say that um, too many politicians care more about what their constituents think than what God does, right? So if you fear God more than your constituents, you, uh, you will be a different politician, I'll put it that way. And I love mm. how you guys hold them accountable. I see on your website, 58% of Catholics in Congress right, are pro-abortion, which is clearly against the teaching of the Catholic Church. That's right. I mean, it's a scandal, and it's a shame, and it's it's something the Church actually has uh, tools to combat, and unfortunately has been resistant to do that because they're worried, again, about being divisive, or they're worried that uh, some Catholics may stop going to church because they don't like the Church holding the, them accountable. But there, again, there's there's a role here for priests and bishops, and there's a role here for lay people. And Catholic Vote is a lay organization, and we're going to do the things that we are compelled to do. You know, our church had this big debate last summer over whether to deny the Eucharist, for example, to pro-abortion politicians. I like to say the bishops made their decision. They chose not to do that. And we're going to make our decision. We can't deny them the Eucharist, but we can deny them their seats in, in Congress. I, I love that. That, that. You are mobilizing that base and holding them accountable, and it's, it's fantastic. And that's kind of spilled into some other things that you've done. So tell us a little bit about your, your Heroes and Zeros report. <laughs> the Heroes and Zeros is kind of a fun little thing we do every month. And we thought, once again, how do we hold Catholic um, uh, leaders accountable, uh, but also celebrate those Catholics that are out there um, exhibiting courage, that in the face of an onslaught of opposition from progressives and from left-wing ideologues that are actually... Um, defending the truths that they, they actually believe as Catholics. For example, last month we celebrated Governor Doug Ducey in Arizona, a Catholic who signed the most um, expansive uh, school choice bill in American history uh, in Arizona. Uh, you have obviously Catholics on the other side, Nancy Pelosi, AOC, Joe Biden, uh, a number of senators, uh, uh, the, the list is, is long, unfortunately. That, un that when confronted with the challenge of whether or not to take seriously what they claim to believe as Catholics, actually surrender that for the sake of political expediency or to keep 
they're you know left wing base happy. Uh, and no, there's no better example of that than than President Biden. Yeah, no, I've I've seen Pelosi, Biden, AOC on the zeros uh, almost every time. Have they ever made it over to the hero list? Not yet. Uh, I'm not holding my breath, but certainly would pray pray that that someday becomes the case. But as you point out, right. at the end of our all of our lives, at least we as Christians believe we will be held account, and we're going to have to give an account of of our obedience to God's laws and all this political stuff will be far less significant than that choice. And so I always, we always should hold out hope uh, that uh, um, even the, the worst sinner, so to speak, is capable of, of renewal and conversion. Oh, absolutely. We always, we always talk about the thief on the cross, right? Can you imagine, though, if, if some of these politicians who claim to be Catholic, claim to be Christian, um, actually had that conversion and the impact that it would have on our country. It's unbelievable. So we're taught to pray, right, for all of our elected officials, and we need to keep doing that. But we also need to hold them accountable, which, again, is what you guys are doing with these heroes to zeros. And then this kind of actually moves now into the scorecard. Tell us a little bit about the scorecards. Well, the scorecard is something we do for um, Catholics, once again, to make sure they understand where their leaders are and where they're voting on individual pieces of legislation. We had a recent bill, and I think it came up again uh, this week in the House of Representatives, called the Women's Health Protection Act. It's being billed as this legislation that would codify Roe v. Wade. It does no such thing. It goes much further than that. It's, it would legalize abortion for any reason up until the ninth month, including late, painful abortions. It would strip parental rights, uh, uh, so no parent would know if their teenage daughter was accessing an abortion. It would force taxpayers to pay for abortion. So this is a perfect example of a Catholic politicians voting for this legislation, some of them co-sponsoring this bill, and then going back into their districts and trying to hide behind their so-called Catholic identity. And so Catholic voters deserve to know, and we distribute these scorecards into in congressional districts across states. Uh, we do this in a particularly innovative way because we target uh, mobile devices that have been in and out of Catholic churches. So we know these are people who care about the faith, who are still practicing the faith. I think that's a, is an important segment of the Catholic vote that is often missed. Yeah, no, no, absolutely. And how do you how do, you do the scoring, right? Because it's not like you're, you're probably sitting around and saying, okay, Nancy Pelosi, we're giving you enough, right? Mm -hmm. what, do you, what, do you, what do you look into the criteria? Is it, is it consistency, how they're voting? Is it, um, how, how do you come up with those scores? Well, we do have a matrix of bills, and as many organizations do, we call it, you know, we're going to score this bill. Um, we take what we call the key pieces of legislation that are proposed in every session of Congress, whether it be on life issues, whether it be on immigration, whether it be on a, a whole array of issues, and, and we, we rate uh, their voting record. Uh, Planned Parenthood, uh, the NRA, all, all types of groups have this kind of scoring mechanism when we think Catholics deserve the same window or transparency when it comes to uh, their own uh, leaders that claim to be Catholic. No, I think, I think that's, uh, that's fantastic. Again, holding them accountable. And, and are you also looking at some of the candidates coming up in the, in the midterms and kind of rating them ahead of what you think they will do? Or how, how do you do that to kind of help guide Catholics across the country to know maybe who are the um, the ones that would be more aligned with Catholic vote? Yeah, sure. What we do, we're looking at every race across the country. We look at, uh, obviously, the House and Senate. You have a lot of races that are 
uh, very tight. We like to participate in competitive races where we think we can make a difference. And we go and do our research team goes in, investigates these candidates, often speaks with them personally. We submit a questionnaire to them. We look at their voting record. We looked at what they say in public. And then we come up with some decisions about how and why we should get involved. You know, we we obviously try to mobilize the Catholic vote. Um, but when it comes to elected officials, you don't have to be Catholic for us to like you. Uh, much of Catholic social teaching is not exclusive to Catholics. You know, we're not just trying to get um, the uh, we're not trying to get the Immaculate Conception made into a national holiday. You know, we're we're, we're trying to uh, defend and promote life, defend and promote uh, ordered liberty, uh, defend and promote a stable, stable society, whether it be in our border or on the streets of our major cities. These are all things that people of goodwill, uh, people of decency and common sense can agree with. And so Catholics have a lot in common with what I think the general public wants to see in this country. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, traditional American values, you know, getting on God's side of the argument and staying there, you know, it, you don't have to be Catholic for those type of things. But yeah, there's, there's great alignment there. And we're doing uh, mo all of the same t stuff at uh, Restoration America as well. So that's fantastic. Uh, Brian, I'm, I'm interested. Um, we're doing, you're doing a lot of work at the political level, national, state. How far down does that go? One of the things that's near and dear to my heart, my, my wife and I are very involved in the school districts, just because uh, we, we, well, we have kids at this, the school age, at those school ages, but also because they're under such massive attack. And I understand that the Catholic schools are under that type of attack as well. Are you doing anything at the, the school level for, for high school and below? This is always the interesting uh, debate you have is how much do you kind of focus at the higher level and the kind of the big picture races versus getting down into the the states and in, as you suggest even school board elections i think one of the things that dobbs decision has done is it's refocused a lot of organizations including ours on the on to, um, the priorities in the states and at the local level the court did the right thing it returned this question to the states and therefore our investments and our focus needs to also return to the states in part uh, to make sure that we are um, uh, helping bring about the change that, that this decision uh, is, is enabling. And so we are involved in some governor's races. Uh, we haven't directly got involved um, in a school board race per se, uh, so at that minute level, but um, there are some places that we're looking at doing that, and especially places uh, where uh, Catholics, I think, have a very vested interest in protecting the, the safety and innocence of their children that are in these public schools that far too often are um, threatening, you know, the, the rights of parents to direct uh, their children's education. I know it's, it's a real issue and it's, it's eye-opening to see. I mean, this is our future and our future is under great attack right now in this country. And if we can't fix that, and everything we do at the top and the older generations, it's not gonna, it's not gonna matter in the next you know, 10, 20 years from now. So. The left has been very smart about this. They know that the children are the future and they've focused uh, right there and we have to meet them uh, on that turf. Uh, we, we cannot give an inch when it comes to these school issues, when it comes to the rights of parents, uh, the rights of parents to choose the right school for their children and the rights of parents to know exactly what is being taught to their kids and to make sure the types of things being taught in our schools are not uh, the, the divisive uh, race 
uh, sexual and uh, otherwise kind of identity politics that I think has corrupted the country in so many ways. And so many parents recognize this for what it is, and they need to be empowered, and they need organizations like ours to come in and back them up. Uh, no, there, there seems to be an awakening among the parents. You know, you, you like this thinking, you know, are they asleep or are they just saying, hey, my kid's about to graduate. It's not a big deal. But this, everyone needs to get involved and see what's going on because it is our future, as we've discussed. 100%. Brian, uh, this, was, this has been great. Is there anything else that you want to share with the audience? Well, you know, I think there's something interesting going on when it comes to Catholics, and that is uh, when it, uh, with Hispanics. Um, Hispanics are not monolithic. They're different in each state. Their Hispanics are different in Florida than they are in Arizona and Nevada. But, you know, 55 to 60 percent of Hispanics in this country are Catholic. And when we talk about the Catholic vote uh, and the possibilities of, of politics when it comes to the Catholic vote, uh, I think people need to pay very close attention to what's happening here, and particularly among working class Hispanics that are uh, growing tired and disillusioned by the hard left swing of the Democratic Party. Uh, and there's real opportunities here to build alliances and to uh, build momentum behind what I would say is kind of a, a new political era that is emerging. And I think uh, Hispanics uh, are going to play a big role in helping achieve a lot of the things we've just talked about. Yeah, it is. Uh, thank you for bringing that up. It's, it's amazing to see that shift and right and see a lot of people um, that have come to this country have, have been fleeing these uh, socialist countries, right? And I, I think there's an awakening going on that, that we don't want, there's a reason why a lot of them left those countries and we don't wanna see that same thing happen in America. And that's in fact where we see the direction so far from the leftists. So uh, I'm glad you brought that up. Great, well, thank you so much for having me on. It's an honor. Um, big fans of what you guys are doing as well and proud to be in the fight with restoration and all that you guys are doing. All right, that's our show for today. Thank you so much for tuning in and supporting conservative media. Don't ever forget that by working together and staying diligent, we conservatives can bring our country back to true greatness. Until next week, let's all keep praying that God will continue to bless America. First Right, a new kind of news summary without the liberal slant. Every morning, in your inbox, always free. Subscribe by texting First Right to 30161. That's First Right, all caps, one word, to 30161.